everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Fashion Grunge Pod. I'm Lauren. I'm Jai. Hey. Oh my gosh. This feels like forever because we have not talked since we both had birthdays. So, or I haven't done an episode. We've talked, but we we haven't done an episode. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So yeah, we're on the other side now. We're, uh, yeah, we're like new people, but not. (laughs) Definitely no new people. Definitely not, no. Um, On paper, we are. That's true. We've entered a new decade. I'll let everyone figure out which decade that is, you know. But um, yeah, it's, it's cool. And on top of that, we're talking one of my favorite movies of all time. And it's Snatch from 2000 by Guy Ritchie. This is funny that we actually have not done this yet because I think at first I put this in the forward flash category because it was 2000. Mm-hmm. But then I decided to make 2000 part of the 90s because technically this was probably filmed in like 99. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So that's why it's in here. But I am so fucking stoked. I've had this movie on tape when it came out. I'm like somewhat of an Anglophile. So anything like British and funny and quirky, I just really like. And I like Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. I remember I had that on I tape. love that film. <laughs> yeah, that's another one we can do. Um, this is why I wanted to watch this so bad because I was like, okay he did that film and then the cast in his movies yeah yeah it's cool i'm super stoked to do this this was one of the first dvds i bought when i bought a playstation 2 that was also a dvd player um so i had so i watched this so many times like as i was watching it i was like i don't have to look at it like i know this entire movie i've only seen it three times including last night Oh, that's cool though. But what that was my question is what was your history? Did you watch this when it was out in England? Yeah, I watched it at the cinema. Oh, and cool. I don't know if I went with my sister or friends. I can't remember. Probably friends, I don't know. Um and then I watched it probably like five years after that, but then I haven't seen it for like good fifteen years, I don't think. Oh wow. Until last night. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I'm not I mean, I love this film, but it's definitely not in my top 10 or anything like that. <laughs> oh, this is like, I don't know. I guess I don't know where it would rank for me, but it's up there. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just I, I think I love all of the characters so much. And yeah, it's no, just, it's, it's so cool. Yeah, it's got some of my favorite people and it's so funny. And yeah. I like that it's like, like that action kind of comedy, which I think is fun. So it kind of keeps you interested too. It's not like all drama or all action. Like it all just makes sense. And this is when I was first introduced to Stephen Graham, who's like one of my faves. This is the first time you saw him on anything? I think so. Because everything else I looked at was like more local, like things in England that we wouldn't yeah. have seen. So yeah. this was the first time I think America probably saw Stephen Graham. Oh, cool. I would say. So I was like, so when I saw him in this, this is how I always picture him. I think the next time I saw him was This Is England. And I was like, oh my God, that's the guy from Snatch? Like, is he so like, you know, quiet and like, kind of like insecure in this movie? And he was just so different. different. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. yeah, and I was like, holy shit, I can't believe that's that guy. Like, that's nuts. Yeah, he so. looks so young in this film. It's crazy. I know. <laughs> he looks like a kid. He really does. And uh, this is probably Lockstock was where I was like introduced to Jason Statham. So like I already knew him and I was just Hmm. like, oh my God, this is cool. Like he's, I mean, and then he was in like Italian Job, which is one of my like kind of cheesy action movies that I like, but I really like him in Italian Job. And then he's in all that like Transporter and like Fast and Furious. Like he does all that action stuff now. Yeah. It's like a big deal. Big action star now. 
Yeah, I don't but, like those ones, but yeah, he's great in this. Yeah, he's so good in this. And he looks the same. Like, kind he, of. He, he kind of really You know, I, I was never much. into... Everyone fancy him so much, and I just never... I just never saw it. I just don't... Yeah, I don't see it. It's just not really... I think it's the fact that he doesn't have hair. Oh, I think he's hot. I actually let him into a lane in LA and he put his window down and like thanked me. And then I saw it was Jason Statham and I was like, he's so fucking hot. Yeah. I think like he's the sort of person that when you meet, it's like he has presence and the Mm -hmm. way he carries himself and his voice and like Mm -hmm. just swag, you know? Totally. But but he's just, to me, I I just can't. Like someone, like a bald guy just wouldn't. I just can't. Like it. I love hair. I just could never be with a baldy. It's just not, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I totally like him in this. But, like, on the opposite spectrum, the fucking standout, like, hottie McHot of this movie is fucking Frankie Fourfingers. Benicio Del Toro's amazing hair. I know. And you suits. Know, <laughs> I just hate, I have to say, the one really annoying thing about this film is that he could have a, a bigger role. I and know. I I, it kills me. It kills me last night so because good. I forgot that he dies. And I was like, I think like so early on. I'm like, he should have a more prominent role. Yeah. I am not happy about that. <laughs> no, I, I wonder if he was, I couldn't find anything in behind the scenes specifically about him, but I wonder if he was maybe doing some other movie and he like couldn't do like a longer part or something. And because I think at that point he may have won the Oscar for Traffic. This is 2000. So he might have been like in one of those demand type situations where he had like a bunch of projects and he was just really in demand at the time because it feels like he was in it so short. Like you said, like even the way they set up his character, it looked like he was going to be in it way longer mm. than he actually ended up being in it. So I'm thinking that maybe think, it was like a schedule. I think thing. it's probably to do with the budget and also because oh, they don't really have, I mean, they had so many big actors, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And also I feel like. I don't know, my take on it, just from um, from watching that interview that guy Richie did, like, I can't remember when he did it. A few years ago, right? I think, when it was yeah, like- I remember when he came out, because I watched it right as it had come out. You kind of get the impression that he wanted to focus on the British actors, and, like, uh-huh. obviously Americans are, like it's really hard to nail like an English accent. Brad Pitt couldn't do it. Well, no one can do it really. <laughs> think about, you know, but also I feel like if you think about it, besides Brad, the other American actors kind of had really small roles. Do you know what I mean? The cousin, right? Cousin Abby. He's yeah. the only other he's one. The right? Amer- yeah. He's Dennis American. Farina. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, yeah. So I think it's probably to do with both. It's like That's not true. having enough budget. Um, I don't think he found, like, a role for him as in, like, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. if you think about it, even the other ones have, like, smaller actors, but British, they have, like, bigger parts. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, totally. Especially, like, Vinnie Jones. Oh, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I love Vinnie that's Jones. Just, he's <laughs> so too, great. Like, he's amazing in yeah. this. He's so, so good. good. And Brad Pitt is great. But I mean Yeah, Brad Pitt is great. I mean, he was a I remember seeing the commercials on TV and he was like the definite draw for America, obviously, because mm-hmm. he was everywhere. And and the fact that like no one could understand him. Well, I can now because I've watched the movie so many times, but that was supposed to be like the selling point was that he was like this guy you couldn't understand and it was just so different than anything he'd ever played. Yeah. And it exactly. was funny. You know, it was like weird and funny too. It wasn't just like 
strange. Yeah, the, the, that's why I like this film a lot, because I think it's all these little things that you learn about the, the, the film, like behind the scenes and stuff, that kind of make it even cooler. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, this is a super cool project. Like we can obviously talk about it when we get to that section, but yeah, it's uh, it's the stuff that you learn about, like the film and like actors and like the casting process and everything else. It's really yeah, fun. it's it's super neat. I don't know if I mentioned this premiered January nineteenth, two thousand one. So I don't know if that's the U.S. or that's probably the U.S. date. I says, think so because I'm pretty sure I saw this in 2000. Yeah, and that's the date officially on the I thing. Could so it's be probably. Wrong, but I'm pretty sure because that was. Um, let me see. It should I, be. Yeah, I remember the friends that I was, like the friends that yeah, I met. United States. It was January. It makes came sense. out in the UK yeah. August of two thousand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Makes yeah. Sense. So that makes sense. Cool. Um. Let's see. Do you have anything else, like for as far as first impressions and history goes? Um. Just like first impressions were like literally the cast, oh my god. And so then Guy Ritchie second film and I love the first one. And the fact that I knew he was super young. I mean he was like twenty eight. I know god. when he made this. That's really young. So young. <laughs> it's like there's no way I would have been able to make a movie at twenty eight. Do you know what I mean? No. I mean, I yeah, I couldn't think of it now, but twenty eight, I feel like I wouldn't even have it together. Yeah, and I do love the fact that it's London very, very pretty much, you know what I mean? Even though you have, like, kind of... Outskirts. Yeah, kind (laughs) of like people coming to London from New York or whatever, but still very much like London. And I love, I I just love films that are, like, kind of, like... (laughs) like cockney like that kind of like subculture or like mm-hmm. you know what i mean i, I think uh-huh. it's just uh, it's super interesting and like, well, fun what do you think of guy Ritchie's like other films like are you a guy Ritchie fan i haven't seen a ton of them so i i don't know i'm i'm not as big of a fan as i saw king arthur um which was I kind saw of recent. King arthur. i but i haven't seen a lot i mean i i didn't i mean this is like a screenplay apparently for for like that movie that madonna was in it like i thought that was terrible but um i haven't seen i think i've seen revolver but that was just written by him not directed. did he direct it i'm looking at his director yeah he did he directed it oh he did yeah yeah was that good um, I think I saw that. No, I mean it's it was okay, but I did watch that. I watched what is King Arthur. I watched, but yeah, I I haven't. I've seen the trailers for like his most recent stuff, and I'm just so annoying to it. Like I just yeah, I'm not gonna watch it. You know? I started watching The Gentleman, but I couldn't get into it. Um, and that was like one of his recent like a big cast, like a huge cast of people. But I kind of like the more lock, stock, and snatch. Yeah, vibe, the but early I feel stuff, like yeah, but, he's going yeah. in a different, bigger well, direction now. Also, I think as you can see how like he was making, well, he made some really cool films, but then he he became kind of like a hot director, so mm-hmm. he he had like bigger budget, but not necessarily like he made that film called The Man from Uncle. Yeah, I remember, I haven't seen it, but I remember. When it, it was came out. just crap. I oh, was like, really? Okay. I watched it, but it... yeah, it just feels like very kind of like like um, the style of it was just kind of like I guess appealing to a lot of people, and they I am sure they had like a huge budget because of um, the cars and everything that they use and locations, uh... but it doesn't it didn't translate well. Like it, 
this movie is snatched from the other one. It's like, okay, the, the, it's a very different kind of, there's not much of a di- like a story. If you think yeah, about it. I mean, it's like East, grittier. But, yes, it's like, exactly. But it worked. It. Mm-hmm. But trying to, to do like a different kind of, like, yeah, I mean, you had to like watch the trailer for that. It was kind of like crappy, really. That was the last film that I watched. Oh, okay. Jeez, also, yeah, I find it interesting. I find it interesting. He did Sherlock Holmes, which were like big budget movies with Jude Law and Robert Downey Jr. He, he did, did like, that. He did both of those. Yeah, I'm looking at his IMDb right now. I don't just know this off the top of my head. Really? Okay. Yeah, but I'm like that looks like in 2009 was the first Sherlock Holmes. That looks like that was the one that made him more of like a bigger director because those were like big movies. Like they made a lot of money. Yeah, let me that. see. I'm just going on. Okay, I see. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen those. Rock and Rolla, I did not see, but that was what Clive Owen. He started working with Clive Owen, like Jason Statham. Like he kind of became like the assassin or like the main character of like his. That one's like a mob, like a Russian mob, Rock and Rolla, I think. I don't know if I watched it, but I don't think so because I'm looking at this and he can't. Oh, yeah, not, not him, Gerard Butler. I get him and Clive Owen mixed up. Gerard Butler. No, yeah, it's Gerard Butler. But Clive Owen I was feel... in something, I think. Oh yeah, I, I, Idris Elba was in it. Yeah, I, I just think like that sucks when like directors are really interesting or have different point of view, then get a lot of money and it's, it changes their. Do you know what I mean? Do you the think kind it, of projects they make? Do you think it changed for him to be married to Madonna? I don't think so. Don't, I don't think being married to someone changes. No, but like, I mean the access because Madonna was such a massive star. I remember when they were dating. They were dating during Snatch, right? Yeah. He also and then did they got that, Yeah, then they got married. And he also did that commercial that for BMW that came out that was it was actually a really cool commercial and you never really saw her face, but Clive Owen was the driver and it was a BMW commercial and he did it and Madonna was like the star in the back seat. Um, I wonder if that's on YouTube. I'm sure it probably I is think, somewhere. I don't think he was Madonna so much. I think he was about like the the kind of fame and um, that he gained from Snatch because like Snatch was so big in the US. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I wonder if Madonna just like him them being together just made them more of like a power couple. Like, she was obviously a massive pop star. He's, like, an up-and-coming director that's, like, super big. And then he did her music video. And then he just kind of gets, like, access to more, like, more people, I guess. I guess I'm sure he gets more, like, money. Or I guess he gets funds for things that he wants to do. Maybe easier than before. But it took a while for him to do, like, 2009, for him to do, like, a big American, like, Sherlock Holmes, even though that's British, but it was, like, an American film, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was, like, based in... Yeah, I mean, maybe. I like to think that Madonna didn't have anything to do with it, but who knows, you know? Yeah, I mean, who knows? I don't know if he I ever I mean, she was obviously super her. connected, so, yeah, I'm sure... I mean, she was huge. She was already Madonna. <laughs> she yeah. was already, like, so big. And back in the day, I guess, when we don't really know, because it was just... I just think that's around. so funny because that's when she lived in England. Like she, mm-hmm. it's just funny to me. You know? And she like became English. <laughs> she had like the accent or whatever. Yeah, she definitely was like <laughs> trying like a... to be English. And it's like, okay, Madonna, you know, you're American. Yeah. Like it's weird, you know. <laughs> and now she's like doing God knows what. She wait two kids by him or just one? Um, I have no idea. I feel like she has a son by him, but um, maybe she had two. I'm not sure. But yeah, I remember that whole I remember that Madonna UK era. I, I do so well <laughs> because she was in the tabloids all the time because uh, you know, like she was seen like leaving her home and like going to yoga or whatever. Like 
not going to yoga, but yeah, Just going to some kind of retreat and like. I mean, I guess for her it was cooler to live in London because he wasn't like pestered by like people like he would be in in LA, you know. Oh, totally, yeah. People respect celebs there. They're not going to be like talking to you on the street or asking you for an autograph, like. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, especially where she lived. (laughs) Oh, where did she live? I'm pretty sure she lived in West London, but I think they had a a huge house like just outside London, but. I could be wrong. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she lived. They had like an apartment or two homes, basically, and one was in West London. If you can find it, that would be cool. Let me say, I can't believe that she was born Madonna. <laughs> like, it's so. Crazy. I can. I think it's so cool. It's cool, but that's cool. That's her actual name, like her birth name. Like it's not a name that she changed. I would think you would change. And that would I guess you know name. her parents knew she was gonna be a star. I know. Which... A one name. A one name star. She's just Madonna. She's just Madonna, like Cher. So, yes. Yeah, so her house was eleven million, Damn. a six bedroom townhouse in two thousand. Oh wow! And yeah, it was Notting Hill. Yeah. Oh, Notting Hill. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. that's nice, fancy. Yeah, people are not going to bother you there. Do you know? I mean, even in East London, you can see like Keira Knightley and people like that. You would never. It's just people are cool, like. Did you ever see Kira Knightley and Jamie Dornan around? Have you ever seen you know, those paparazzi photos where they're wearing the crazy um, pants? Yeah, but I saw her loads, but I don't really, I didn't pay attention to the guy that she was with, except when she was with, you know, she married the guy from the Claxons, and yeah, I saw them together all the time. But yeah, I saw her. She used to like, she was so humble, like when she did, um, Love like in two thousand. Yeah, when she did Love Actually, she was still, like, shopping in Zara. She would, like, go into Zara and, like, buy stuff Yeah, there. she was super or, like, young in that movie. Yeah, and, like, you'll see her, like, in, in Hackney, just, like, in shortage, just, like, super scruffy looking, you know? <laughs> Always wearing, like, really beat up, like, sneakers and a parka, whatever. And, yeah, people just hang out there and they just, respect you it's not unless you're in, in oxford circus but i mean celebrities don't go there do you know what i mean oh they wouldn't though it's like too crazy if you go to selfridges yes people respect you there too because you do but if you're walking on the streets of oxford circus i guess some crazy tourists probably american will go up to them and be like oh, oh my god hey. do you know that's so oh, funny but um, yeah. so Rocco Ritchie, who is Madonna's kid with Guy Ritchie, is oh, yeah. 22, and he was Ooh. born August 11th of 2000, so he was literally born when the movie premiered in England. <laughs> I so love that was... name. I love that oh, name Rocco? so much. Rocco? I'm adding that to my list of favorite <laughs> Rocco, names. Rocco Ritchie. I mean, that such sounds a like a celebrity name. name. Yeah, that's such a, like, famous person's name. Rocco Ritchie. This is really um, cool. Yeah, it's, it's a cool name. looks like. Oh, he gosh. looks very much like, at least very much like, like Guy in... Guy Ritchie was so good looking, and I just saw a picture of him recently, and he did not age well. Oh, he didn't? I was going to say, these he pictures he looks alright. just not... He was so cute. I don't know what happened. He looks okay here. Let me look for him now. 2023. Uh, oh, that's right. Jake Hall's in his new movie, The Covenant. Oh, yeah, that's Guy Ritchie? Yeah, exactly. Wow. I told he looks you. kind of like um, 
Oh god, he looks so, kind of like a weird cross between like Charlie Hunnam. He got chubby and, and like just looks Russell Crowe. <laughs> like, yes, he looks like Russell Crowe. Like Charlie oh, Hunnam and Russell Crowe. Yeah, I mean he's not Russell even Crow chubby, got, but he just got his face just got a bit bigger. Oh, and the glasses. He has glasses. Oh, he aged. He still looks good though. He has the beard. Like he usually didn't have a beard before. He usually didn't have any. He's a little hair. chunkier. I can see he. Yeah, he's what fifty four. He's making his movies. He's eating his food. I know, but he was twenty eight. He was cute. Well, yeah. Let's look at everyone when they were twenty eight. <laughs> like, let's pull out all the photos. I mean, I probably didn't look all That's that different. True. I probably look the same. But he's what, like fifty four. He's working with Jake Gyllenhaal. He's living the life. <laughs> he gets to like do whatever he wants. At this point, yeah, he can do whatever he wants. He can like get money for anything. Yeah. He's like in that that world. Oh man. I just also I love his editing style, especially like the directing and editing style Me of this too. this film and, yeah. and like Lockstock. It's like such a signature. Definitely inspired by Tarantino, which is cool, but it's like in oh, a yes. different way. I see it. I see that. 100%. Yeah, but it's in like a different way. I also like the way he writes dialogue like Tarantino too. Like you can have a long conversation, but it's really funny and just seems really natural. So you don't feel like you're in the scene. You're just kind of watching these people like shoot the shit kind of. It's a yeah. very shoot the shit kind of, you know, dialogue. Yeah, no, it's really cool. I, I mean, that's what I feel like got lost in his other films, you know. That's what happens, I think, when you don't write the material and if it's coming from a studio, like, we need mm. you to do Sherlock Holmes, like, mm-hmm. and the character's kind of already built and you have to, like, make it yours but not too much like yours and then there's an actor that probably wants to do something, like, that's why, yeah, those studio movies really constrict you, but they give make you big money, so I guess it's like, you know, mm-hmm. you take it good with the bad. Yeah. Cool, cool. All right, so behind the scenes, what did you dig up? I mean, there's quite a lot, actually, but obviously, I'm sure you have all the stuff to, you know. Yeah, I have just some things, yeah. There's a whole second DVD on the DVD that I have, but I was like, okay, yeah, this is one of those things that if you love the movie, like, there's a ton of shit to look at. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I love that um, Brad Pitt basically was a big fan of his first film, and he was the one that approached Guy Ritchie and asked for a role in his film. and And so he literally had to kind of write a, a part for him. And then when he realized that he couldn't master like a London accent, he um, gave him a role of like a gypsy basically. And and then he thought, okay, people are going to like totally murder him for not nailing that the accent. So like, I guess that was kind of the motivation. And to be honest, doing a gypsy accent too is super hard. So I guess it just worked out that way. And I th- I think that's why I love that it's, it was just such an organic thing that happened, you know, with his role and that part of, like, not even the actors understanding him, you know? Oh, totally. And I have to also say that I think I can confidently say, I have not seen, obviously, every single Brad Pitt film, but um, a lot of them. And I don't think he's good with accents, I think he no I mean that's not a bad thing some actors can can and some actors can't but I feel like he's in the same voice most of the time Mm, I don't think he really he might do like a southern I think when he was like Jesse James that assassination of Jesse James that one I like that one yeah that one's cool I think he had more of like the dialect of that era because the English just sounded different in the way that Mm. they spoke so he had like a different like that um 
almost the way like Johnny Depp had it in Public Enemies where he was playing like John, that guy who was the bank robber, John, yeah. whatever. Like it was like the different dialect because in the 20s people had different voices like and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I feel like he, I can't think of anything where Brad Pitt's done a British accent, even like now, like after Snatch. No, me neither. And I actually have seen more of his films than you. I yeah, think. so you would know. Too- I don't think he has. No, you're right. I mean, it's fine, you know. He's yeah, very yes. talented, but that's not uh his forte so yeah can leo do a british accent because he's really good at accents but can he do a british one i've never seen him in an english film so or like playing a yeah i don't know he was in that man in the iron mask did he have an english accent in that i don't remember but yeah i did watch that i just don't know yeah i don't remember remember. i know he's good at accents like leo is so usually i would think he would but that is hard think the Mm -hmm. Well, and also London accent. It's not just England. It's like specific region. You know, it's like the well, regional accent. London and specifically that area. That yeah. That, you know, like it's it's not even like a posh like accent. Do you know what I mean? No, it's yeah. I can see how that would be hard. But yeah, I mean, I love that. Um, and and yeah, even like Guy Ritchie said that like Brad was like he was like oh my god Brad Pitt is interested in like being in my film like oh, cool. I I need to you know I need to get him in it in it and apparently it's just like really fun like he's just a really which we know you you, you can even tell and I've yeah, talked about tell. this before he's just so funny you know mm-hmm. he's like, he funny doesn't... when was the first time we saw him be funny I feel like maybe True Romance. He was pretty funny. He was like that weed smoking uh, roommate on the couch. Up until then, he was just the guy from Thelma and Louise. So he was like a bimbo. The guy from Thelma. <laughs> well, he was. He was like a himbo. That's why he did that god awful California movie. Not god awful in the fact that it's bad, but that scary ass movie where he's like terrifying. Mm. It's because he didn't want to be like the himbo, which is basically what his whole persona was based on when he started out. So I think, yeah, he just didn't want to be like that guy all the time. Yeah, um, but sorry, dude. If that's what the genes dealt you, then <laughs> you're just gonna have to be a heartthrob. And like, you took your shirt off exactly the way you did in Fight Club, like like frame he for did. frame. Like you yeah. just did Fight Club too, like right before this, because <laughs> he looks the same. He just has tattoos on. Yeah, him. that's pretty risky to do to play a boxer right after uh, Fight Club, but it was different. So mm-hmm. that's what I he think... said. That's what I read. One of the the tidbits he said that. That he didn't want to do, he was hesitant to do it because of like he just done Fight Club, and he was like, yeah, oh. his but body it, in this different. film looks so good. It's ridiculous. He must work out all the time. I mean, even now, probably like, because he never, except for that Troy movie. I think there may have been allegedly some help there because he was big. He was like real big. Oh, he was huge, like massive, like the Marvel diet. Oh my like, god, like huge guys. Like that's he did he look like, like a Greek god. Well, yeah, that's yeah. what he was. Wasn't he Achilles? Yeah, but yeah. I mean, he did. He was like a spot on. Like he was just <laughs> yeah. massive and really blonde with his beautiful like fake long hair. Uh, Back yeah. before we knew the truth, you know? <laughs> Back when we were living in, like, wide-eyed innocence, when we, like, didn't know anything about okay. anyone. we didn't know. We yeah. didn't know. We didn't know. That's why they made Troy. I still didn't finish Troy, because it was, like, five hours. I think I started on Netflix, and then it was, like, gone, then I went to, like, watch it again. Yeah. But, yeah, that's, that's um, on my list. But, yeah, what else did you get? I love this one that, basically, one, in one scene... Uh, when Beanie and Saul are like sitting outside the bookies, they're um, my favorite. Basically, 
they had to use a like a, a like a Vinnie Jones lookalike because he didn't show up that day for shooting because he was in jail for fighting the night before. <laughs> I love that. I mean, so funny. That you so know what I mean? Funny. You can't even make that up. It's just cool. That tracks totally with Vinnie Jones too. Exactly. Like that totally tracks. That he's, he's like his so character. like. I know. Can you imagine being in a relationship with that guy? Gosh. It'd be so fun if he like had that really cool gold Jaguar and played Lucky Star by Madonna. I I love that so much. That so he's good. like, I love this track. I love this track. And then when he's like beating that guy up and the phone rings, bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah. I think I actually put that gif of him going bonjour on Twitter. That was oh, that's like cool. coming soon on the pod. Yeah, it's like just a random a random one, but and oh, I just they're just yeah. There's so many different sequences. Yeah, keep going. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, there's so much. I, I mean, I'm gonna try not to like go on about it, but yeah, basically, um, Guy Ritchie introduced a system of fines on set, which I thought was really funny. So like, if fun if like phones rang, people will have be people will be fine basically. I've heard of that. Or if like. I've never heard of this until now. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, if people arrive late, either were taking naps or being silly, <laughs> you know, or complained, um, someone will actually, like, appear with, like, a fine kind of thing. And That's funny. Yeah, I think it's just really... I mean, you can just tell, like, the whole, like, filming and, like, production was just, like, really fun for everyone, you know? You know what's so annoying about... There's like a motorcycle outside my window. I can hear I can hear everything that's happening outside your window. <laughs> I know. It's because where I record is like in the front of my house. It's so fucking busy. Um, it's so funny because there's <laughs> there's like there's so many like weird moments that that will happen like while I'm talking and then they'll be like vroom, 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 vroom. like all these different like motorcycles go by and I'm like, fuck, fuck my life. Um wait, there was something I was gonna say about what did you just say? I'm just defined and like how funny was on oh, set. Yes. This but. is this is crazy because I it's annoying too that I feel like it seems so gendered that like a woman can never be like that because you never hear anything about like things that women would do. <laughs> like I would do that. Like you disrupt everything, but then it would be seen totally different if you found out that like I ran a set like that, right? You never hear like women like female directors being like fun. <laughs> No, or or they're fun, but they're just really serious because it's such a job that's like a privilege to have that it's kind mm. of like shit. You know, I gotta yeah, make a really good movie. Possible. I can't just yeah, I can't just fuck around and like do what I want. You know, I'm sure they ha- I'm sure they have fun. I'm sure like Sofia Coppola seems like the, all the behind the scenes stuff I've seen. Like they all seem like they're like pretty cool and like lighthearted. Yeah, I guess you just don't hear about it. But yeah, that's the thing is, I guess we just don't hear about it. But do we? We don't hear a lot about like stickler directors. Like where's the female? version of kubrick who like makes you do everything a hundred times oh everything yeah. has to be fucking perfect no like, you don't you don't because i feel like as a society we'd be conditioned that like oh my god that's so ridiculous why is she being like so extra when it's like well yeah. how come the Men guy can definitely do that? are the only ones that can get away with it yeah. because if you're a woman you'll be seen as, hyster- as hysterical mm-hmm. crazy like difficult you know what I mean? Wouldn't give you credit for it. They'd be like, well, why is she doing that anyway? It doesn't make a difference. But then, of course, if it's a guy, it's like, oh, I mean, my maybe God. Maybe it would change. Maybe things it should change. Be. I don't know. I feel like it should be. If, like, that's what you do, then, mm-hmm. like, that's what you do. <laughs> that's part of your process. But I think uh, Tarantino, I heard, is kind of like that on sets, that he's really particular about, like, phones. 
I think he wants people to not have their phones, which I can totally understand. I would totally be like, yeah, this is not allowed. Like, yeah, this crazy is a movie. What are you... I don't even know how people get anything done now because everyone is on their phones all the time. And there's so much waiting around on movie sets, you know, because so it's like they set it up around. and then you have to like, you know, there's a whole team that's just sitting there while they do it and they do yeah, it but again. But it makes you pay more attention to what's going on when you're not on your phone. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's true. That's really so you true. actually learn, even if you're just an extra or an assistant. Do you know what I mean? And you went off of social media for a few weeks and you were like, it was so much better not having it, it like on my phone. Yeah, I was like, so, um, I mean, I hate to say it because it's so like cliche now, but yeah, I was literally just focused on whatever I was doing. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just nice to not have that kind of feel like you have to post or to be checking what other people are doing because it's actually like not that interesting anyways you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and now it seems now I feel like we've slowly kind of returned back to like doing your stuff and then posting whenever the thing is done like it's not like if I'm going to work on like a painting I'm not going to post like before we would post like at the store buying paints buying canvas you know you'd, you'd post all these like me in the process now it just seems very much like someone will post like look at this painting i did two months ago like it's now I see it's both. not oversharing I see both. oh do you still see a lot of yeah maybe it's just the people i follow yeah i see both people just p- talking about all the shit they're about to do and it's like why are you talking about this you know what i mean like it's why don't you just come back when you've done it? And like, <laughs> it just seems so lame to me. Like, especially when people say, I'm working on something really exciting. Yeah. It's going to like, you know, but I can't, it's a secret. So I'll share like in three months from now. And it's like, okay. <laughs> it's like, it's just attention seeking. It's like, they want people to be messaging them. Oh, what's, you know, what's can't happening? Wait. You know, like, can't wait. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Can't wait for what you do. Like, should be super cool. Um, also a short plug, but not really a plug. Uh, join the Patreon. <laughs> uh, we're like, we're not into the movie yet. So hopefully you're, you're not that far, but yeah, join the Patreon. There's lots of cool shit over there. Uh, True Beverly Hills is going to come out two episodes of girls. We're just doing a lot more movies since all of the backtracks and forward flashes are over there. But yeah, so that's super exciting. So join yeah. up. There are two tiers. It's super Yeah. Good for remembering. Yeah. I forgot. I was like, shit. <laughs> I mean, I have a little a little splice I could put in. I need to make a. I want to make like a fake ad. I wish I could do like a funny you voice should. where I could be like like a fifties like you know those old fifties like radio commercials where they're like smoke Winston cigarettes. You have you know? all the apps in the world to do something like that for free. Oh yeah, yeah. I could just record it. I mean, I mean, I don't really have to do anything. I would just have to figure out how to do like a funny accent and like write a script. Not even an accent, but like a funny 50s kind of like, mm-hmm. thanks for choosing Fashion Grunge Podcast. Like something weird. I think that's really cool. That. You should do it. Yeah, I should do it. There are a lot of things I should do that I actually have to do. But one thing that you have to do soon and in the future that I want to do again is do the sensory deprivation float. Because it was very cool. Oh, yeah. You and anyone out there. Birthday, yeah. yeah. Anyone out there who has done it, uh, like, let me know. How did you like the float? Was it cool? Did <laughs> you, you should email them. You'll be you like, I'll sponsor you. Like, I'll talk about you guys on my podcast. Should, so, like, right? give me, like, back. a discount or something. Hell, yeah. It's, like, 90 bucks an hour. So I expensive. mean, it's worth it. 
because I don't do it all the, I mean, I've only did it that one time, but I mean, it would be worth it if you did it every now and again, but not like every week or like mm. every, even every month. I feel like I could do it like every two months. I feel like I don't think I'd have to do it more than that. Two or mm. three. But my, one of my friends, she's gone like four times now in the last like four months, maybe. Wow. I mean, months. I guess she's if you really have a really it. like, like stressful job, I can mm-hmm. see how you kind of really need it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool, like, you know, zoning out kind of situation. I didn't realize until I was Googling it that morning that there's a Simpsons episode where Lisa and Homer <laughs> do the float tank. So it's in season 10. Uh, if anyone wants to watch it, it's really funny. <laughs> like Lisa gets so stressed out that she like heard about this thing. And this is in like the late nineties that they did this. That's pretty <laughs> like, cool. Simpsons do everything. That's pretty funny. Um, okay. Do you have any other behind the scenes notes? Yeah. Um, just we keep talking in between each of them. I feel really bad. We're no, just don't. Going that's off cool. Topic, but I no, mean. that's cool. Yeah, I love this one because um, Guy Ritchie was inspired by a video, by a Radiohead video that he watched. Oh, cool! And like, and it, I love it so much because I didn't know this. So when I watched the film, I was like, my favorite scene is definitely like the second, well, the last fight that um brad pitt is in you know where uh-huh. he's like kind of he gets hit on the face and kind of he's floating yeah and then he goes underwater but the uh-huh. way that scene is shot it's so fucking amazing it's so cool and i'm like it's so insane because when i watched that first time i was like oh my god i love this so much and that even the colors because it's it kind of goes into like almost like black and white mm-hmm. and it reminded me of that radiohead video that is one of my favorite songs you know what it's song like, is it fade i think it's fade 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 out okay it's what from album is um, the bands oh okay i was you know what it's so funny because i was thinking that this movie reminded me of the video for just um, no, and it like no, really? yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it's basically oh, like the color palette. Yeah, it's like and, that and weird, like moves. desaturated. Yeah, yeah, that weird desaturated. Yeah, and, and like the way that, especially when he's like on the ground, and when people come up to him, and he's like, "Don't," and then like the in the video, not the whole yeah. video, but that just reminded me of that era. So it's funny that you said the bends because they're both like bends. Well, that's like literally my favorite song from that album, and the 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 video is so iconic that I mean I've I've seen it like a million times. So then I'm gonna play it in the background. Watching the the interview, basically Guy Ritchie talks about how he was so inspired by that, and he was like, "I want to use that effect. I want to use that." It's called Photosonics Camera. Oh. That was used for that. And he, he's like, I had to get my hands on one of them to film a scene. And so he did, you know? Oh. Oh, Jonathan Glazer. Oh, he's such a cool director. He's, yeah, he's such a cool director. I mean, I have to say, obviously, you know, everyone knows I love Radiohead. But their videos are so fucking incredible. I mean, All of their videos. Yeah. I mean, Tell me other artists that's still relevant from the 90s with amazing music videos. No one. Doesn't like literally no one. Um the only York, pers- but I Yeah, mean, but yeah. But that's she's a solo act, I guess. It's a, I guess a little different. And and also her videos are still very much uh conceptual. Yeah, I mean? they're still like I'm trying to think of who still makes cool the thing is is that I would say the Smashing Pumpkins, but their videos are not as iconic as they used to be. 
but they no. their new record i have to say is it's part of like the trilogy that came out the last one came out like a week or two ago it's very good no but i mean fun. like yes they had amazing videos i mean to but not now it's one of my favorite videos i get what you time. mean though They're but not they still haven't been like that. consistent you no know? no 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 yeah yeah there isn't anyone else but radiohead i mean <laughs> you know no there kind of isn't i mean i i would say uh one constant of having really cool videos but it, it's not the same as radiohead being the same collective band as like jack white um mm. he's done amazing videos as the white stripes and still has as a solo artist um, yeah. So he's been pretty consistent for a while, but not since the 90s. I mean, that was right, like early exactly. 2000s. <laughs> You're like, right, exactly. No one. No well, one I ever. Just, I'm sorry. Like, I mean, I just really, just it's no true. one can help them. So it's yeah. true. I, I totally get it. I mean, I live in a state of like constant denial of like current music and, and like everything that happens with it. So. I mean, I, I wish. I wish they they are some cool bands, but... It's just yeah, different. It's just different. It's yeah. not that much, you know, great music anymore that you can find. Um, if you're into the stuff that I'm into. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I guess it's all relative. Because if you like pop music and, like, charts, like, what is it, like... Oh, like top forty. Top forty. Then I'm sure you've had plenty. You there's know? a lot of in- there's a lot of really great indie. I think I think the the issue now that I have with discovering music is that it just I'm such a creature of habit and a creature of like familiarity. So it's it's really hard for me to conscious listen to a new album and like mm-hmm. sit and be like, okay, this is a new band. I'm sitting here with no preconceived notions. I'm going in. Like I think it just takes more for me when the way that I found it was so organic, it's probably because there's so much other choice that's mm-hmm. just available so easily. If I had bought a CD or if I was sent a physical CD and my job was to listen to the CDs. Yeah. It just, it's different when it's tangible. If I'm on Spotify, I can be like, meh, this isn't that good. Let me go back to my mix. Right. You know, that's like, I think it's just a mental block. The fact that it's mm-hmm. there. So it just makes it harder. But yeah, also we have the help from like radio. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just That's to listen thing. to songs several times and be like, be like a DJ, like a presenter would be like raving about some band, you know, especially if it's someone you're respected, mm-hmm. but you don't have that anymore. And now it's kind of weird too, because you have, I, I watched that CNN 2010s uh, documentary mm-hmm. last night on TV and basically it was interesting, but one thing critique I had with it was that it was all about streaming, which I get that's this last uh, decade yeah. was all about streaming. And like every segment was basically, there's so much choice, you know, everyone was doing this and everyone was doing that. And then that's why it's kind of become really overwhelming to have this much choice. And I don't know if you could tally up the hours I've spent looking for something to watch it's nuts. Really? Yeah. And I'm not the only Hmm. one. A lot of people have that. Like they don't, they go into browse or they go in maybe thinking of an idea of what they want to watch, but it ends up I'm on it for 15 seconds and then I'm switching to HBO and then I'm switching to Hulu and then I'm switching to like Disney plus. It's like, I'm, it's like I'm channel surfing, but I'm like doing it all within these apps. And sometimes I'm like, okay, Lauren, like what the fuck? And then now recently I've just been turning it off. And I'm like, okay, if I'm looking for something to watch, I'm turning this off because I don't know what I want to watch. If I'm looking, mm-hmm. turning it on to like watch a specific show, like I'm watching the CNN documentary that I taped, like that's what I'm coming in to watch. So, and now I'm trying to, I bought like a few more books. So I'm trying to actively read more and go, okay, if I'm not watching something particular, I'm just going to turn it off and just read my book. 
and like listen to something. Um, but it's hard to break that habit. It's, you know, it's something I'm trying to do. Yeah, um, you can definitely like create new habits. It's just, you know. Yeah, it's it's annoying. I think it's because you just grow up with, I screw up with television, you know? It's mm-hmm. like, even as a background noise, it's, yeah, it's like strange. I have to have Well, like, I have a brand new on. television that I have not turned on. Like, I know, but see, that's because you're not used to it. No, I don't care. <laughs> but like, does does your husband like turn it on? When he comes in the house, or no? No, no, oh, okay. he's not he like doesn't... that either. Oh, okay, no, no, yeah. No. So he's... We're not like into having like background noise. We we actually quite enjoy having like no 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 like noise at all. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. like talk, and, like we actually probably talk too much, but talk about <laughs> no, like our cool. days and like sit down and I don't know have tea, whatever. But he, when he watches a show that he loves, he like wants to watch it on there. Do you know? Yeah, yeah, on the big. Uh, and he's had like screen. that show, like what is it called, Picard? Yeah, I oh, think yeah. He, he ended, but he was like religiously watching it every week, you know. Yeah, and like then watching watching the same episode several times to dissect it and pick up on things that he didn't notice the first time. He's oh, like wow. really into it. I mean, does he like listen to podcasts and like talk about it with his friends? No. Kind of level. Okay, he no, talks. He's... He talks about it with his friends with his yeah. friends oh okay they, they have a group of like trekkies that are like super <laughs> insane about it and, and yeah they would text at like midnight so and just be like did you just watch what do you think happened and like you know that kind of thing but i met a friend or i met a new friend last week uh at my buddy mike's house and uh this this girl was like taking photos of him for like this photo class that she was doing and then we we're just like randomly talking about like television and like tv shows and i found out that she's a fucking bravo head and she watches like tons of bravo well that's good so, for you right it's so good she's like oh my god she was in the same boat i was in where no one in her real life watched it and she was like oh good now i have someone to text with on the there's only one night when vanderpump rules is on and uh, she was like, good, now I have someone to text on Wednesday nights. I was like, yeah, it's perfect, because I don't know anyone either. So, so yeah, that's it's pretty cool that I can at least text in a group. <laughs> and maybe if if we end yeah. up, like, if it ends up being a big thing, like, I would love to do an episode on what's happening on Vanderpump Rules, because it's literally taking On what? It's, it's a show on Bravo. That's, oh, like, the okay. biggest show on Bravo right now. Yeah, like, no, I love show. that you found someone, because... Yeah, because I was like, this is annoying. Everyone has, like, mo- so many people watch the show, and it's like... Just I don't have one person. I was like, just one. I don't need everyone I know to watch it. But like, I like listening to podcasts, but it's very, I can't ever say anything. I'm just listening. Yeah. You know, no, I, I, yeah, I, I can't, I can't relate to that. But on books, like I love it when someone reads the same book that I'm reading and then we can talk about it. Yeah, no, that's cool. <laughs> it's like so nice, you know, I feel like you're connecting with someone on, on like, the one thing that you love yeah um, and like one thing that you can like go deep and dive on it you know and be like cool you watch this so you know the backstory and yeah it's oh well, it's well cool. done <laughs> i know right not well done it's just that like all these people that i i kind of sort of don't meet people who watch reality tv like my friends just aren't into it they never have been it's just always been something that i've liked to watch and I just watch it in silence, you know, I just don't tell anyone what oh, I'm watching, but I'm like, I wish it, yeah, it's just that it's cool. I mean, it's, it's totally fine. I've gotten used to it. And thank God for podcasts. Cause I'm like, I can't listen to any recaps at all if it was, wasn't for podcasts, but, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's actually interesting to, to know about it from a, from a regular person. Yeah. No, that's so cool. Um, um, yeah. Okay. Back to behind the scenes. Did you have any more? 
Um, I still had a few, I think. Yeah, I okay, the last one, because okay. I'm sure you have other ones. So, um, yeah, just they, they didn't really... I mean, even though 10 million sounds like a big budget, like, apart, it sounds like they, it, they didn't really have much money. So just by some of the stuff that um, the cast, like, mentions, you know, and, and Guy Ritchie kind of, like, for example, they didn't have enough extras for the for the boxing like matches mm-hmm. you know those, those scenes so they had like they would film from one corner and oh, then switch around and then switch everyone to the <laughs> other side to film That's so funny <laughs> you just imagine everyone just like moving around like in a circle it's really funny and also um i mean i think this is gonna be real but apparently they were brad pitt says that they were it was the worst food on set that they had like really? potato sandwiches and oh, like no. um like cheap biscuits you know like in oh. economical like almost like a supermarket brand like the cheapest <laughs> you can get yeah they didn't have i mean that to me sounds like they didn't have enough money so like it's got to be Benicio and Brad Pitt's quote <laughs> right like I mean, and Madonna like Madonna. And the fucking song One Million went to like One Lucky million Star. dollars. Went, yeah, went to Lucky Star, aka went into your fucking house, Guy Ritchie. Like you're married to the woman. Yeah, that's kind of shady. I was thinking that. Was yeah, like, right. Okay, you're having a baby. You she really had a have baby to by pay you. Madonna a million pounds. It's probably know? her record label. They probably were like, "Fuck it, we're gonna get the money out of this this thing." And he's like, "That's all right, honey. It's just gonna come right back." like we're just gonna go it's gonna go back into my pocket so yeah but they fine. said like also like the the van the camper or whatever you call it the mm-hmm. caravan like apparently was so like the state of it was really terrible like i mean you could see but it wasn't like fake you know it was yeah. literally that bad um and apparently amnesty you know amnesty group mm-hmm. yeah. yeah apparently they were like yeah this is uh like no one could like could, inhumane yeah <laughs> like, like you, you can't have you can't someone spend any... too much time in this because you know i mean yeah it sounds like he was insane it's kind of like, a mess yeah i just i guess the actors got paid a lot but i think it's quite cool that like, you had all these big actors and then you had like shitty food and <laughs> i know people were still having fun you know and they wanted to be there i think it's cool i know it's funny but if I was Guy Ritchie, I definitely would have done like given everyone like a bonus after um they they hit like what what the budget? eighty they the hit eighty six eighty three point yeah. six million That's in the box crazy. office. That's crazy. That is crazy. I definitely would have like written a check and sent like everyone a little bit of more money. Definitely yeah. the people who weren't like top tier at the time, exactly. like Stephen Graham and like yeah. you know, the ones who were like in it, like Vin and Tyrone and like Saul, like all those people who were like the secondary characters who were really good. Like, yeah. That's I okay, that's my last one. That's it. Yeah. Oh, cool. All right. Um. So Rotten Tomatoes critics give this a seventy-four, which I, I think, think is still criminal. Low. I that's think it's ridiculous. Horrible. Audience is ninety-three. That's more like it. Uh, IMDb eight point two out of ten. That also is pretty low. This movie's like fucking great. I don't know why that's super low. We already talked about the budget and the box office. Um, also, another interesting moment is that all nearly all of the deaths happen off screen, mm. which I think is funny too. Mm-hmm. That you like don't actually see anyone die on screen, um, which is 
Yeah, actually really weird. You wouldn't think that. And because Brad Pitt was playing scummy Mickey, he like rarely showered and washed. I know. I saw that. Kind of fits with what I think Brad Pitt is about. I don't, I see him as being like a kind of hippie dude. Me too. Right? So I'm not that like shocked. I see him just being the kind of guy. He's not vain enough. He doesn't take himself too seriously to wake up and do like, you know, he could, you could just see him like walking around the house in like the same clothes, you know But what I mean? now he's like bougie. He has that skincare now. He, he has that like really expensive skincare that's made from like the grapes from his vineyard or his chateau. So he. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that you're going to put on like change every day, like clothes. You know what is, I mean? Like, oh, change clothes. No, but I feel like now I'm starting to think that he may have gotten some kind of skin work done. I think he's maybe gotten mm. like some really good like chemical peels. I don't think Botox because he is too expressive. Mm. So I don't think he's a Botoxer, but I think he probably yeah, he is. Probably done gets fucking. Really he also used facials. to drink a lot. So yeah, how does he still look that good? It's a miracle he doesn't have. You know, like Benicio has fucking bags under his eyes from the alcohol. You know, the and booze. we don't even talk about Johnny Depp. He like oh, is sure. a bag. He like is a giant. But you know, I have to bag. say, Benicio with bags and like I'd still take extra Benicio. weight. I'll still say yes. <laughs> I would know? still take Benicio in Fear Loathing as the lawyer. Me too. <laughs> like, Me too. I would take him over Johnny Depp in that movie. He's so sexy. So funny. He's so sexy. His hair in this. Oh my god. And the pinstripe suit. Uh, I mean, I can't. It's just so good. And the glasses. He lost the the baby fat in this film because Fear and Loathing, he had like, he was big, you know? Yeah, yeah. That was like two years before. He lost weight for this Mm -hmm. one. Like, yeah, he looked. Right. Well, he looked good in traffic, which I it must have been right before this, it or was, yeah. either yeah mm-hmm. before right yeah. So he probably lost it for traffic because he was that cop, so he couldn't be like tubby. But he was so funny and fearless. <laughs> he was so good. I feel like he should have gotten an Oscar. He was great. Like, for I think what? He, for fear and loathing. He um, definitely should have got something. Yeah. Yeah, he was just so over the top. Like he was so mm-hmm. good. I mean, he got it for traffic, which is cool, but. But he, but he was like so funny. He was just like funny in it. Um, so yeah, he didn't wash, which I think is kind of crazy. And then the opening sequence, which is like one of my favorites, all of the guys who are supposed to be like the robbers, um, going into like the jewelry place, they're talking about the Virgin Mary. Like that's what oh, they're yeah. talking about. Oh, and God. apparently that's a nod to the beginning of Reservoir Dogs when they're all talking <laughs> about Madonna's like a virgin. Yeah, that is really cool. So I, I thought that, that was really cool. Yeah, yeah that mm-hmm. was a really cool tidbit. And then my last note that I have was, I did not know this. I think actually I heard about it, but I wasn't sure. This was actually a spinoff series on Crackle, Snatch was. And I had two or three seasons and it was written by Guy Ritchie. And it has Rupert Grint from Harry Potter fame and Luke Pasqualino from Skins yeah like mm-hmm. those are the two main guys so yeah that's on crackle and that's for free so i kind of want to check that out i kind of want to watch the first episode um and see what yeah, it's like i didn't know that either yeah i think that was really cool. That's cool um so yeah that's all i have for behind the scenes but yeah we have so much more to talk about so let's move on mm-hmm. to yeah, fashion let's... um i mean there's a lot of really cool fashion here verity hawks there is but i definitely have like highlights because i can't talk about every single thing yeah know? what are your highlights well Obviously, like Benicio's, like Frankie Four Fingers pinstripe suit mm-hmm. with a white shirt, a polka dot, really small polka dot tie, and like 
and his hair. I mean, he's just oh, he's so hot. He's so hot. Um, and then I think he has a coat over that as well. He looks great. I love all the coats. All the coats, like all yeah. the coats, yeah. Like all the boys wear them. Um, it's just very London that coat. That's cool. It's. I don't feel you don't really see people in America wearing that particular coat with no. like beige with like leather trim collar uh-huh. and the collar up. That's like a London thing as well. You do, but it's very like uh, it's very rare. It's like people like lawyers wear that kind of shit. Like on TV shows, like lawyers kind of always show. wear. They do. Like the DA on Law and Order, he always has a camel coat. And he wears like a camel three quarter coat with his suits when he goes to court. And he's like kind of a fashionable lawyer. He dresses uh, okay. like yeah. a bit more elevated than the rest of them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's rare, but it sometimes happens. But yeah, I like it. Also in um, This Is England, when they give Tommy that coat. Oh yeah, but yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like mm-hmm. it's an English, like definitely very English. You know what I mean? It's cool. I like it. Um, and because of weather, I mean, you, you literally need to work yeah it's like, like all year round you know and misty um i love like vinnie jones like slick look as well yeah, me too. he wears like i love that he's not wearing a suit but he's wearing a waistcoat mm-hmm. with like matching trousers and a white shirt and then he has a coat over it as well he looks so cool so he looks really cool like he's not my type but i, I feel like i'll be like yes you can take me out on a date and let's see what happens you know <laughs> This a film. bullet tooth Tony. <laughs> I think Even with the cool. gold tooth, yeah. it's fine. Like, and normally that's not my vibe, but yeah. Um, and I love like prep heats, like I styling. Mean, the it's leather so... hat. I love the hat. The leather hat with that kind of like, it's not like faux, uh, fur coat, but it's kind of like a sheep kind of mm-hmm. brown coat. You know, like fluffy, a little bit fluffy with like no t-shirt uh-huh. and the leather hat. And then he he wears a lot of bling. It's very much spot on. The like, rings. I hate to say gypsies, but I mean back then we 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 say gypsies. You well, know, what is pikey? What is it interchangeable? Yeah, pikey is gypsy, but oh, okay, it's so very. It's interchangeable? It's worse than saying gypsy. Oh, it is? Sorry. Yes, yes. Oh. It's worse. So, like, that was a... Th- I mean, it's not funny, but, yeah, that was a word that I used to hear a lot in, like, early, like, 2000. And, like, oh. early 2000s, people will just refer to anyone that's not even, like... I mean, even if you're wearing Irish or gypsy, people will call you pikey just if they felt like you were like scummy or like oh. low, like a low class um, oh. person. But it's very, it's, it's like an insult. Like you don't, it's really just not nice to say, to call someone a pikey. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. But in school, kids used to use that a lot. Oh, wow. Just to refer to other kids. It's not cool. Um, oh, sure. But yeah, it's basically like you're, you're scum if, if, you, Someone calls you a pikey, do you know? Oh, or like you're like really poor and like. Yeah, because they like interchanged it, and I was like, "Is one mean?" It sounded like it was the same, like it was this, meant the same thing. Yeah, I mean it's weird too because like gypsies. I mean they call gypsies like to Irish people. Do you know oh, what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. And that's also kind of mean. It's like. Yeah. But I mean, you know, it, there are a lot of things that we used to say back in not. I didn't, but people used to say um, that were acceptable, you know? Because now people say, what, Romani? Is it Romani that people say now? 
instead I, of I don't know what people say. Because they said Romani a lot in Peaky Blinders. Like hmm. they because of like Tommy's mom. They I think they did say I don't know when actually the name changed. I don't know when it became like a slur because when we were younger people said gypsy. Um Yeah, when we were younger people say that, yeah. Yeah, so I now it says um I'm just literally looking it up, Gypsy. It says not to be confused with Roman people, Romani people. It actually changed it to Romani people. Hmm. So, and it says for other uses, like, yeah, it's like, that's why I never knew if it was a nationality. It says 81%. This is out of service.gov.uk. It says 81.6% of people from the Gypsy or Irish traveler ethnic group were born in England. 6.1 in the other countries of the UK. 3.0 3.0 were born in Ireland, 8.3 were born somewhere else in Europe, and then less than 1% of the Gypsy or Irish traveler people were born outside of Europe. Yeah, I mean, the people in England will call you that even if you were born in London. It's just, it just became like a, just like a slang. Like a slang. A slur. Like a slur. Yeah, exactly. Not slang, but yeah, slur. God, yeah, it is so crazy how language changes yeah i know yeah um but yeah i i love all the styling for the gypsies in the film like they are just so like the football jacket that one guy yeah. has like, that football jacket in the back and with the mullet the gold <laughs> necklaces uh-huh. and bracelets and rings and it's just i i love it i think it's really great the, the styling for the film was just like perfect um what else do i have here yeah, I think those are my highlights. Yeah, oh, cool. Um, my highlights were okay. Turkish and Tommy. I love both of them. Have like the similar coats. Like they both yeah. have brown coats, and I love it. I love their shirts and their shoes. Like how they're dressed, like really smart, and like the what they do is kind of funny. Especially when they go to like the campsite and they have the sh- like the bags on their shoes. <laughs> and oh Mickey's like, God, if I so win, funny. us boys get a pair of them shoes. <laughs> and he starts laughing and they like zoom down. It's really like- <laughs> funny. I mean, they. It's funny. Oh, I like that. I love Brick Top's glasses. Like it just really makes his character. Um, yeah, like they're big he, and he square. Has good styling too. He yeah, has like a really cool, silky kind of uh, paisley printed scarf. Yeah, that's what I wrote. His scarf, his coat. Um, he has like a really cool like old man style, like old man gang style. Oh, totally, like very nineteen forties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. I think it's cool. Uh, we mentioned Frankie's uh suits. I also love just the different colors that Frankie has on when they do those like bits about him gambling, and they're like, just oh, yeah. don't let him gamble. And one of them he has like a bright pink shirt on. Another one he has like a a green. <laughs> when they're like whatever you do don't let him go to the tables <laughs> um and that one's really cool and then yeah mickey's outfits and then i mean i kind of like cousin abby he has like the florida uh like east coast vibe going on like old yeah, man jewish cool. vibe it's like it's cool uh with the blazer like the light blazer um i just love him i love dennis farina um r.i.p he's really cool he's really funny um yeah that's basically all i have for highlights Oh, cool. There aren't many women in this film, except for, like, the two daughters of... The twins, right? Yeah, the twins, right? Doug the yeah, Head. <laughs> yeah, that's, like, the only girls we see. And the mom, Mickey's mom. I've seen her before. Um, She was in... Fuck. Is that... No, that's not... Let me see if that's who that is. I don't actually know. 
But yeah, I've seen uh, Mickey's mom before. Hmm. Let me look up and find out who she is. I meant to look her up. And yeah, we can move on to music while I look up who this oh, is. Oh, music is so, so great. Good. The soundtrack is amazing. Like, I just, yeah, oh god. There's so many. I mean, literally the entire, like, every song is just great. Like, I love that they have massive attack in this film. I know. And I, I love that song so much, Angel. Um, mm-hmm. I love The Stranglers, you know, Golden, Golden Brown. Brown Texas. So good. So um, good. I love the uh, Ghost Town by the Specials. Mm-hmm. I actually like Lucky Star by Madonna because I, I actually, <laughs> I mean, you know, it is child. Like my mom just to play Madonna like every single day. Like yeah, that whole album, I like, I know all the lyrics literally. I'm, I and I love uh, "Fucking in the Bushes" by Oasis. Oh yeah, the later Oasis record. So good. The one from two thousand. But that song is amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, literally, there's so many songs I can't like. I feel like the soundtrack is so perfect for the film. Um, and I love like what Guy Ritchie said about it that he basically doesn't obviously, you know, Danny Boyle, all these other like directors basically pretty much work with like um, your guy who's called Greg Araki. You know, mm-hmm. music is kind of like they think of a sequence with a song in mind. Yeah. But for him, it was the opposite. And he kind of just went back to, like, his favorite pop songs. And it's, like, stuff that play, that's played in pops in London, you know? Oh, that's cool. And, like, jukeboxes and just the stuff that they play. I mean, yeah, pops in London play fucking amazing music, I have to say. Oh, uh, like, did you hear any cool stuff while you were back there? Yeah, just, like, it's just the classic, classic songs, you know what I mean? Do they play Soft Cell, Tainted Love? No, so that's play very that's play at night in very specific pubs oh really like out of the country like oh. like the north and like yeah i fucking hate that song so much hate <laughs> i it, know you said it. you hated it i can't stand it because yeah there's like a song that was always played on saturday night when we went out to the pub and it's just oh that's funny it's overplayed so much in the uk and like even now you know that's so funny uh yeah people have really great taste in music i have to say for the most part you know you don't hear like charts music playing at restaurants or bars like I people mean, are into music that's what i can say I don't know. <laughs> and it's just better everything's just better um it's kind of true i have most of everything i also have the end where it's huey piano smith don't you just know it uh, that oh song yeah is cool. and john murphy did all the original music like that you hear throughout so i like the flute like dun, 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 dun. yeah like that's cool. cool yeah um and i like the like the viva las vegas oh my god i love that too. <laughs> so good every time you see him like gambling sweating <laughs> betting <laughs> like but it's, really it's funny. funny because he obviously played fear and love in vegas and mm-hmm. then obviously brad p play um fight club and it's just funny to see you know like saying actors kind of like playing I don't know. It's just like, like a reminder. Similar. Yeah, exactly. Um, I Mickey's, think it's kind of funny. Mickey's mom is Sorcha Kuzak, but I actually, I looked through her whole discography or filmography and I don't know anything that she's been in, but she looks I, really I don't familiar. know her. I definitely don't yeah, know. Yeah, she looks super familiar. Anything. So I wonder who, who else I'm thinking of that reminds me of her. But yeah, all of this stuff is like pure British TV and like movies and stuff that I've not she's heard. Pretty, yeah, she's pretty like... She's probably in like um 
like sub pop, not sub operas, but you know what I mean. Like she's in kind. Jane Eyre, like the oh, series. Really? Yeah, like hmm. the series from 1973, which was probably oh, wow. like a big BBC thing at, at the time. But but yeah, she's and she's also in a show there now called Father Brown that I just ended it. that had 98 episodes. So she's she was like in that. So she does wow. like TV and stuff. So yeah. But yeah, I don't know her. I thought I did, but I do not. Um, yeah, so I basically had... That's been all I had for music. Cool. Well, let's move on to favorite scenes and lines. Yeah, how do we do this? Do I don't do... know. I can give you my first one. Yeah, give me your first one. Um, my first one is... Well, my first quote is when Tommy and Turkish are talking about like how he needs a new camper. And, to- and uh, Turkish is like, I need a new camper, Tommy. This is not going to work. I can't, like, run this fucking boxing shit out of here. And he's like, what's wrong with the one I gave you? And he's like, oh, nothing, Tommy. And he, like, pulls off the door because it's, like, so rickety. He's like, it's tip top. I'm just not sure about the color. It's so good. It's so, it's so good. good. <laughs> That's, like, so one of my good. favorite quotes. That's probably my first favorite one. And my first favorite um, – and then my actually my second favorite quote, because this is before my first favorite scene, is when Cousin Abby is, like, describing um, London on the phone. And they're like, London. <gasps> no, and he's like, that's mine. Oh, is that that's yours? Okay, so or oh, you can do it. Or oh, you can do it. <laughs> no, you do it. You do it. Um, and he just goes, like, London? And the guy's like, London? And he's like, yes, London. He's like, you know, bad, bad tea, worse weather or something. And he was like, you know, um, or no, bad food, worse weather. It's so funny. <laughs> he basically says London, London. It's like, yeah, London, you know, London, like fish, chips, cup of tea, bad food, worse weather, Mary fucking Poppins. <laughs> Mary fucking Poppins, London. And it's then I so love, good. I love when he I gets there that. and then they're like, and then he's like, hey, Abby. And he's like. Hey, you know, like, it's great to be here. He's like, you know what? I don't like leaving my own country, all right? I especially don't like leaving it for anything less than warm, sandy beaches and cocktail dresses or cocktail, like, drinks. We have these. We have those. We have beaches. Well, who the fuck wants to see him? (laughs) And he's like, I'm here for the fucking diamond. I just love his, like, New York energy that he, like, totally comes in with that, like, New York energy. I love it. There's so many good lines, though. Yeah, there's so many good ones. So many. It's just some of them are too long, you know, but... What's uh what's yours or scene or line or or what? Um, okay, my first favorite scene is when they try to rob the bookies and they fail with flying colors. Literally, I know it's just so funny, and I love the the blonde woman working there. She's like, just has this straight face, and she's just kind of like, I love her hair. You know, no, like all what, what bets are off. off. <laughs> it means there's no money, you know, um. You obviously said my favorite, my favorite. Oh, sorry. Line. No, that's okay. Um, yeah, and then I think it's basically bullet to Tony says, "A book he's got black last night," and then the other guy say, "Black, speak English to me, Tony." I thought this country is pound the fucking language, <laughs> and so far nobody seems to speak it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. So good. So funny. Oh. Uh, um do you want to you want me to go my first favorite scene is tommy and george at the campsite when they Mm. go and like george is like gorgeous george like huge he's like in the car driving out there and they're like 
what the hell is this? Like, where are we? And they get out of the car and then you get like this kid is like, hey, what's up? <laughs> like just being a little fucker. And he's like, uh, yeah, we need Mickey. Go get him. And he's like, all right, I know where he is. I'll go get him. And then he like, isn't moving. They're like, what are you doing? And he's like, before you move, I have you have to pay me. And he's like, fuck off. I'll get him myself. And then that's when you see like the mom come out. And that's when you see Brad Pitt. It looks like he's like taking a shit outside. <laughs> comes up pulls his pants up and he's like hey apparently he's supposed to be i read and i was like ill and then he like comes up and he's like hey oh my god and i just love the whole exchange where like it's funny that the the audience is not supposed to understand him like on a first glance and even Mm -hmm. it's funny that the characters also don't get it so oh, I love that's that. I what's love so that. good yeah because it's not like oh wait do we just not get it or like they so they don't get it either and he's like what no one gets it <laughs> it just makes it really cool you're so like you've never funny. seen that in tv before i think no yeah it's so good that's that's why i like i love that one yeah what's um, one of your next ones i i love that whole scene where where they think the dog is eating the diamond and they, they're like look in the dog he's like what do you mean look in the dog look in the dog open him up he's like that, that whole thing like and then the dog goes wild eventually they find i know they try to like yeah they try to like grab the dog but then the dog attack starts biting people uh-huh. which actually i saw that behind the scenes the dog was really aggressive yeah. and he actually beat an actor and they had to replace him yeah <laughs> yeah i know that's what i read too i was like oh my god it's that's really so funny. funny i also love when you mentioned that when they robbed the bookies that was my that was my other favorite scene and there's another really good quote in there that i like where where they're like robbed and they're in that they're like trapped in the two doors like in the hallway and he's like oh yeah come on vince he's like vince what's wrong and he's like i are, are you doing all right and he's like i'd be doing a whole lot better if you stop using my real name <laughs> so good oh god it's so funny that like that guy goes in with the book like the briefcase oh and they're like that's, so him. Dumb. <laughs> that's him believe. that's him that's <laughs> him that's the guy before they had this massive what god what kind of gun is that what kind oh, of oh god i don't know it's like a fucking it's I don't huge know about guns, so yeah well that it's massive i don't know either it's looking fail it puts a um, hole like as big as like i don't even know how big like big like a a soda can like bigger than a soda can like it made a huge hole in the the wall like when they shot it through is. it i was like fuck what is that what kind of bullet is that even because it explodes. yeah i love I, talking about the dog scene i love how mickey says go dogs and they're like huh do you like dogs they're like dogs it's like oh dogs oh, yeah, yeah i like dogs <laughs> oh it's so funny Oh, it's I so it. funny dogs they're like oh. <laughs> i um, love that tommy kind of like ends up kind of getting in with them later like when they do the the hair race and mm-hmm. he's like okay and he's like the person who doesn't get it is fucked and then like tommy goes like like proper fucked and then they all start laughing with him and you just see turkish like <laughs> look at him like what the fuck y'all are friends now because you've because you've like been here and hung out with him and then tommy like straightens his he like laughs and he like straightens his face again <laughs> Like, oh, I know it's so funny yeah <laughs> I mean so everything about this film is like not everything but it's just London you know it's just like words and I just love some of the characters what's like that? I love that what's that Tommy it's a gun why is a gun in your trousers what's to keep you from blowing your bollocks off every time you walk out and he's like I bought it from Boris 
He's like, Boris the Blade. Oh, you mean Boris the sneaky fucking Russian. And then they show Boris and he's like, it's good. It's reliable. And if it doesn't work, you can always hit him with it. <laughs> and you like, can always hit him with it. I know. It's so, oh, so do you even know yeah. if it works? Of course it works. And then he like sticks out of the window and just doesn't show him. And he goes, oops. <laughs> and he's like, oh man, I'm going to kill fucking Boris. Like, gave me this bum gun. Like, it's so funny. It is. Yeah, it's really funny. Um... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. My last favorite scene is the fight. The last the, one? The last one. Yeah. Just because of the way that was shot. And like how he even, they told him not to knock him out, but he did eventually. You know what I mean? Yeah, I love how it plays out from the fight to him getting knocked out. And then you see like Bricktop being like, we got to get the fuck out of here. Like we're going to get killed. And then they run out. And then Bricktop sees like Mickey, Tommy and Turkish. And he looks over like, Oh fuck! I'm gonna kill them, and then it yeah. all like spirals into like. Oh then my you've god! Got, like, that the, was so The cool. gypsies who actually took revenge, and then he's like, "I got your fucking number," and then like, you see him get shot, like, and then I love how they showed like his face, how like Mickey's face did not look shocked like the other two because like yeah yeah the, i also love turkish has a really cool voiceover throughout the whole he thing does, too. he does yeah, like, he has also like neat. incredible voice so mm-hmm. i love how he was like we did we were shocked and we did this funny face or this ugly face or whatever, mm-hmm. except Mickey, you know, he didn't. And then you he, see like, it and it's so well, I like, mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> it's so cool. And it's like the same face um, that he saw when his mom's camper was like burning down when he was like super calm. Yeah. And they were like, we were worried that he was too calm about that because Bricktop fucking lit the camper on fire with the mom in it. And then from then on, it becomes like this revenge story. Like there's so many layers to the story too. Yeah. It's not just like a heist. It's like it goes in from like one to another and the diamond is like this through link that keeps going. Um very pulp fictiony type storytelling yes, which was big but... in the 90s where like the mm-hmm. interweaving stories which I don't know what the actual name of that is but that was like a big tactic to tell a story like time jumps and like and also it kind of starts in the very beginning you see in the credits i love the credit sequence the credits um, too yeah that's really cool and you see avi with the diamond so that actually is like a fast forward because in the very end you see avi going to london to get the diamond so Mm -hmm. in the beginning of the credit you see that he actually has it so it's like you kind of see like where the story went so i'm kind of curious on the snatch show like is it i think it must be like the kids of I don't know. of either one yeah. of them or maybe like just a, a someone in the same like universe like maybe someone will show up from the movie or the same name because the main characters don't have the same names like they don't have yeah. recognizable names or anything that you would know but but that's pretty cool i also i love another really funny tommy quote he goes who took the jam out of your donut <laughs> <laughs> i like that one that one's really funny um yeah god there's just so many and i love too before the main fight i love that entire exchange where uh bullet tooth tony pretty much like tells saul and vin and tyrone that they have like fake guns and that they're like really fucking stupid to be sitting in there like pointing guns and he gives this whole long explanation and he's like that's because your guns say replica on the side and then you get like that fast cut that's kind of similar to the the cut that Baz Luhrmann does in Romeo and Juliet, where they show is, the guns, it but it's it faster. Very, yeah, it's like the like, exactly. and you see the bullets, and he sees like replica stamped on the side, and he's like, "My gun says Desert Eagle zero point five, and puts it on the table, and then you see like boom, 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 and then they're all like, "Oh fuck!" 
he's got a real gun he's like i suggest you put those away like right fucking now because like i know what what's up i I just love that whole thing like that whole exchange yeah it's just really funny yeah well he doesn't say what's up and and he also says you you should never underestimate predictability for stupidity i love that line so much i love that so good um yeah and just like the whole all the like shooting and like boris the blade just being like alive and boris the bullet dodger like never being able to die (laughs) they like run him over i know twice (laughs) he's like gets shot like eight times keeps coming 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 back like he still keeps shooting him it's like it's nuts it's it's such a fun movie i think um it is yeah. yeah it's Oh, yeah. Another one of my favorite scenes is when Bricktop explains, like, pigs and how they're useful for disposing bodies. That's probably one of the ones I remember the most. As he's calmly drinking tea, like, sitting there, and the way he, like, tells the story and the way the camera, like, slowly pans in, and the way he, like, takes his tea bag out, and he's like, let me tell you. And then he just goes in this really just engaging explanation of why you should never trust a man with a pig farm, because pigs will just eat people, like, crazy. Like I know. Super fast. It's kind of dark. Yeah. yeah, it's super dark. And he's like, so be wary of any man who keeps a pig farm. Hence the expression, as greedy as a pig. <laughs> like, I just love the way he says it. And all of his, like, all of his comments are just horrible. And, like, I love when Tommy tries to, like, kind of buck up in front of Bricktop with when Turkish is there. And he's like, you better put a leash on her, Turkish, which is liable to get hurt. <laughs> just as he like randomly says stuff like no that's not true he's like are you talking like what are you doing like yeah it's so funny oh i love it i hope everyone's seen snatch i mean it's pretty like it's rentable but i feel like everyone's seen snatch yeah it's it's out there if you haven't then go watch it because it's fucking great it's it's real guy richie at its finest it's i feel like you have to be in the mood though for this film as well it's not kind of thing you can just watch, like. Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah, it's kind of like a. Yeah, it's. I guess like going in, I think it's just a really fun story, and it's not too long, which is good too. It's mm-hmm. under two hours, so it's not like a crazy long movie, but it is really cool. The next film I'm doing, I'm doing Wolf of Wall Street tomorrow, which is like three fucking hours. Oh God. But I think Charles and Jules have been like watching it in parts, which is probably what I'm gonna have to do. Is like watch that an hour sense. at a time yeah because yeah, it's like three hours it. yeah <laughs> like, it's kind of a good idea actually yeah it's, i mean i've seen it before so it's not like i need to like really take notes on the story because it's a crazy story that there's no way you could like tell the whole thing but um but yeah that's so that's gonna be fun for forward flash on patreon so i recorded a bunch of patreon stuff so yeah that's cool. that'll all be coming out and do you have any last final thoughts for snatch not not at all no right we covered everything yeah we covered everything we have a pretty like sizable episode so that's good and uh not sure what we're doing next week but people on the poll voted for real world boston as a deep dive (laughs) on the patreon so i'm gonna get started on watching those and do some deep dives on like where they are now because i'm kind of curious and i think there might be a homecoming season in the works for them but i'm not sure but yeah other than that we will see you on the next one (laughs) 